it's Joy Foster. I'm the founder of Tech Pixies, and I am delighted today to be joined by one of our social media coaches, Beth Kirk. Now, Beth has been with us for a very long time, and she has, over the years, started specializing in LinkedIn. And we're filming the episode 71 with Beth Kirk live today on our uh, Facebook page. Now, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it, it's already been done live. Uh, we would encourage you to Join us on Thursdays on the Tech Pixies uh, Facebook page, generally between 10 and 10.30. We film our live podcast, and you can get in on the actual filming and ask questions to the person who is being interviewed. So we are delighted that Beth is here, uh, and we can't wait to jump in and talk about the 2021 trends in LinkedIn. So episode 71 is all about LinkedIn. Beth, thank you for joining us, and um, we're Cannot wait. I'm just cannot wait to hear what's going on in LinkedIn in 2021. Hi, Joy. Thank you for having me. Um, well, it's been last year has been a great year for social media all round because obviously because of the pandemic, um, so many users have um, so many consumers rather have ta have taken to social media to um, have fun at home, to share what's happening with their lives at home, to shop. Definitely. So big trends of growth in e-commerce doesn't necessarily affect LinkedIn, but that is a trend. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty um, awesome year for a, a lot of the social media platforms. And Microsoft have reported um, a huge growth in, um, in LinkedIn. So they're up from 675 million users to 722 million. But obviously, the piece of data that misses you get is missing on LinkedIn is um, the daily daily active users because LinkedIn doesn't report on that as as we know. So yes, many more users on the platform, and they also report significant growth in engagement. Um, um, but then they call it an engagement session. Actually, we don't really quite know what that engagement session is, <laughs> um, but. You know, you've, we've seen a growth in 55 million companies now using the, the platform. They do, interestingly, and this is some data that I found last night, they are now claiming that they're one of the world's top 10 fastest growing brands. Um, and I want to dig a bit deeper into that, actually, um, um, kind of over the next coming days, because I'd like to understand that fact a little bit more, because that's quite significant, as I'm sure, you, sure you'd agree. Um, You've got three professionals signing up to the platform every second, 1 billion interactions on company pages, 23% more increase in messages sent year on year. So, and also the platform's revenue is up 16%. So that tells you that people are spending more in on, on ads on the platform and that will be companies, um, company pages spending that money. So that kind of tells you that they're seeing a benefit. Um, you know, they're obviously doing that for a reason. Um, they're obviously either um, putting more money into social media, which obviously a lot of businesses are now doing because it's an integral part of the marketing plan or that, you know, it's a platform where they're getting better traction, um, probably most likely to be B2B, I would say. Um, so yeah, a huge, huge kind of record levels of growth, um, and and they and they use that term. That LinkedIn are actually saying they've had record levels of engagement seen. Um, you know, so but it's just difficult to say what that engagement is because we don't know. They don't actually specify that. They're they're a little bit they're a little bit tongue in cheek over that. Well, and we know the pandemic has meant that the only way you can connect with other people. Uh, at the moment is online. And I mean, I know a lot of people, 
don't love social media, but for those of us who've been working in social media for a long time, we see the benefits of, of having social media in place during a pandemic because yeah. I don't know how many businesses would have survived uh, 10, 15 years ago without this uh, ability to communicate, to go live, to connect with people. Um, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I personally think uh, for all the negative press that social media gets, uh, it has been a saving grace during the pandemic for people to stay connected um, with their loved ones, but also business wise. Yeah, what? I completely agree because, you know, people couldn't go shopping. But actually, if you were a brand or a business that had your products available online, then people could buy them online. So as a business, you could still survive. You know, and I think, you know, that's hugely attributable to social media. I think it's one, um, a really great stat that I picked up a few weeks back was, um, I think it's one in four purchases is influent on online purchases is influence. No, I think it's just general purchases is influenced by social media. So it, social media is, you know, is hugely impacting what we buy and how we behave. But like you say, there is so much of the good stuff around community building. And I think, Historically, you wouldn't necessarily have thought that LinkedIn was about building a community, but actually LinkedIn is just the same as, you know, platforms like Instagram or Facebook. You can build a professional community on there. And, you know, like one thing, like one takeaway I'd really like people to have from this is, you know, treat LinkedIn in that way. Don't become one of the people that are using the platform in a spammy way. So don't, you know, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of not great behavior on the platform with direct messaging, very, very direct, very salesy approaches uh, where people connect with you and they don't even explain why they want to connect with you or why it's beneficial for you to connect with them. Um, and then immediately start sending you, you know, very salesy um, uh, DMs. Oh, and I hate that. I can, I, yeah. I get so many DMs every day and I'm sure you do too. And they, and, and actually, I mean, I probably shouldn't name names, but, and I won't because I don't want to shame someone, but I have to say there's a, there is a right way and a wrong way to do a LinkedIn DM. And I, I mean, I've got my LinkedIn up right now and I'll try and pull up my DMs and just read two examples, but, but I've had a really good DM exchange recently with someone who's not trying to sell me something yet. Uh, but I can tell by just reading their profile, they might have something they want to sell. So talk about that. Like what's what's a good way to communicate and what's a bad way to communicate? So, you know, the way that I mean, obviously the way that we train at TechPix is 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 generally the way that I think everybody should do it. And that's, you know, you need to first of all, you need to read somebody's profile before you connect with them. Don't just look at their headline. Actually, you know, give the read their about section, read who they are, read what their story is, you know, read what they do. And 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 then when you actually write the connection message, refer to that. You know, give them a reason and suggest why it would be worth connecting. Because, I mean, I'm getting to the point now where I just, I don't connect with people unless, unless I really feel that we've got a connection. I'm not doing it because for me, LinkedIn isn't about a number of connections. It's about growing a community and just constantly accepting connection requests isn't really going to, it's not going to do that for me at all. And, and you know, any professional that uses LinkedIn, um, knowledgeably knows that so I think you know make sure that you're reading somebody's profile and doing that and I 
got a brilliant request the other day, and I'm going to share this on LinkedIn actually, um, where I'd been on a, a like a local networking um, event, and um, the individual had sent me um, a really lovely invitation, and it was probably a couple of days afterwards. And she'd she'd written a note, and she'd said, "We, you know, we were at Business Buzz together, but I didn't get a chance to chat with you. Um, you know, I just thought it'd be really nice if we could connect on here, as we're local, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And that's the sort of connection request for me that I think works and I think people should focus on doing and then yes there are people that then tend to follow up those connection requests um, but don't but don't then try and sell somebody something the best then follow-up kind of messages that I then get from people are usually offering something for free they're usually offering a bit of knowledge or you know they may send you a link to a blog that you might find really helpful but I I get really, really, really switched off, and I know other people do too, by people that literally just start then selling you something. It's, you know, it's 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 far, far, far too direct and not the approach to take. Well, so I've got I've got some DMs up right now on LinkedIn, and I won't put anybody's name out there, but this is one of the ones I got that said, you know, Dear Joy, thanks for accepting my connection request. The reason I wanted to connect with you is to tell you about our virtual in-house lawyer service which provides companies with on-demand advice around their contracts. Immediately, I feel like I'm just being sold. It's like, it's yeah. just like, I'm, it's spray and pray. I'm just going to tell everybody about this and maybe someone needs yeah. in-house legal service. And then it says, if your need for legal service is only occasional, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you'd like more information about either service, please let me know. Well, first of all, I mean, I've been in business for five years. I probably have a lawyer, right? And I do. I have a lawyer. I already work with one, et cetera. So yeah. she doesn't know my business well enough to know that we're already established and most established businesses already have a lawyer. Um, and interestingly enough, there's no, uh, there's no question. There's no engagement. Like you said, there's no kind of, Hey, I've checked you out, blah, blah, blah. And I have a totally different approach from somebody else who, um, uh, you know, is interested in the podcast. And, and actually what's really interesting is the way that they messaged me. It was a very, very simple statement. It said, joy, Love what you've done with the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. It's really unique, um, not just a practical step to crush it with your business, blah, blah, blah. It says, but, um, but also with transparency, sharing the stories of those who succeed with the non-ordinary, which is so, I mean, like he defined the tech, the, the tech yeah. podcast. You know, we, we really interview some amazing people and they're all from our community. Mm -hmm. And then he said, let's connect and win-win. And I just said, yeah, sounds like a plan. And then he wrote back. And this is where I think the conversation got really good. He said, love it. What are your goals with the show for 2021? Curious. Mm. That was it. And there yeah. was no like, I can help you grow your podcast. I can get good guests, blah, 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 blah. It was just, what are your goals? And yeah. then I told him what my goals were. And then he said, that's an amazing goal. And then he said, um, what's your main strategy? So he's asking me how oh. I'm doing it. Because, you know, our podcast hit number one in the charts twice in 2021 for marketing in the UK. Um, it's ranked nearly in the top 50 as a regular consistency. Um, so he was messaging me to say, hey, I've noticed that you're doing well. What, what's your strategy? And then, of course, I could have been like, whoa, you're creeping me out. You're asking me too many questions. But the way he asked it, I felt like he'd done his research. He knew how we were yeah. doing. And yeah. it just it made such a big difference. 
they're very natural questions aren't they then you know like you said they're not making you feel uncomfortable but that also tells me because he knew the terminology of the sparkle and thrive podcast he's oh, he is obviously engaging with the content or reading the content that we we were putting out from the company page because that's how we that's what, kind of what we call the podcast so that kind of tells me that he's really done his homework, um, that he's not going in with that direct sales approach and he's engaging you in a conversation around what, you know, where you're taking it, like you say, as opposed to like you said, just saying to you, you know, I'd love, you know, I could do X, Y, and Z for you. It's like, well, in, in some ways that's such a terrible approach because actually you think, well, why do I, why do I even need anybody to do that for me? <laughs> and, and, and this is the thing, as I think businesses and brands have to get, you know, and particularly individuals as well on the on the platform have to have to really really look to themselves as to how they can add value to their audience they have to listen more and you know, and I've got that written down here in like highlighted um highlighted words is that you know the platform is clamping down on spammy behavior you know you we as individuals either as a personal profile on LinkedIn or as a company or brand, you've got to build trust with your audience. You've got to be listening to them, particularly at the moment, because we're in such uncertain times. Um, you know, you've got to give people, uh, you've got to engage with them. You've got to listen to them. You've got to kind of help your community, if you like. As a, If you just continue to just broadcast your message and sell, you, you know, it's, it's not going to work for you. Well, and I find a lot of people prefer LinkedIn to email in terms of that quick communication. And um, also you find that you might build up an entire relationship on LinkedIn and never have someone's email. Uh, and it has become valuable in that way. And it also protects the business owner from having to give their email out, uh, email address out if they don't want to as well. Um, so DMs really, really important for LinkedIn in 2021. Um, now, another thing that I think is really interesting that they introduced in the last year uh, is the highlight section on your profile. Um, so, you know, I, uh, I, I've listened to various different podcasts about how to leverage that highlight section. So, for example, if you do have something free to give away in exchange for an email address, you can put that in the highlight section. Or if you've won an award, you can put that in the highlight section. So it's, it's kind of like a pinned post, isn't it? Yeah, the, you mean the featured section? Yeah, so the featured, uh, yeah, the top. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's a great place to put some really key info about your, you know, you as an individual or uh, what you do. Um, as you say, it's just like having a pinned post on a, on a, on a Facebook page, isn't it? But, you know, it's, it's a place where you can pin, you can kind of pin up you know a great piece of consumer feedback or um, client feedback for example you know because otherwise it, someone's got to go to your profile they've got to click on your activity and then they've got to look at your posts you know so you know there are ways to find find what in, what individuals are posting and talking about on LinkedIn but that featured section just brings things you know it's right there where somebody can see it and you can put links to websites and things like that as well and again that's I think that's pretty critical is you know if you're a, again a, um, a self-employed person working on using your personal profile on LinkedIn to generate business then there's a, a whole array of, of kind of information you can put there that tells people the best about you that's I like, I like that well, and the one thing I see a lot of people making a mistake with is uh, when they've got a, the opportunity to um, have a headline, 
which yeah. says basically what they do right now. And I see so many people with outdated headlines because they just don't yeah. know that they need to keep that up to date. So you're right, that that section that I call the highlights, you're right, it's called the featured section. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's make sure we get our terminology correct because that's important. But one of the things people don't realize is there is a current position and there is a headline. And those are very critical because your headline shows up every time you type something, every time you write something. There's also um, a, a current position as well. So you want to make sure that those are constantly and correctly um, uh, stated because you want you don't want people to see yeah. a job you no longer have, which I think happens to a lot of people. Yeah, and because your headline is really critical because it follows you around on the platform. So like you say, where you're commenting, you know, that headline is being seen everywhere, which is why it is really important to get it right. And we do, you know, we do get a lot of questions at TechPixels, don't we, about women that want to change career um, and how how do they communicate that uh, in a professional way on LinkedIn? Because they're, you know, they may have may maybe spent 20 years in one industry, but actually they they really want to leave that behind and they want to go forward into a different industry um, or career that you know brings greater happiness or greater family flexibility or whatever it might be and actually you can you can you can talk about that in a headline you you know you can be really clear about you know, about your direction as to what you're going and I would encourage people to feel really confident about doing that um, it's really common now for um, individuals to change career it's you know it doesn't it's not a negative thing um, and the headline is there to allow you to do that um, you know you can definitely refer to your past experience but then you know why not add in something really um, something really impactful about the, the direction you're looking to go in yeah, and I was just reflecting back on episode 35, where we interviewed three different experts, and we actually talked about that. Uh, so yeah, check out episode 35, where we talk about how to talk about a career break um, uh, yeah. on LinkedIn. Yeah. I mean, that's really important. Um, there's another person in our community uh, who you know, and I know, uh, she's absolutely brilliant, Padma Knowles. Yes. Um, and I would highly recommend that you get on her mailing list. Uh, she just sent out this last week like the 10 things you should not put on your CV. And I thought that was brilliant. And one of the things she said is, you know, don't have gaps. And we, and you know, you can work with someone like Padma who can help you to fill in the gaps and help you to shape the CV so that you don't see the gaps. But yeah, Padma says the average person change, um, changes jobs five to six times, but also just streamlining your CV, but not having those gaps. And the same thing goes for LinkedIn because LinkedIn, in my view, is very much uh, like a living, breathing CV. You know, it's and and what you you know what you what people put on LinkedIn and how they shape that is really kind of how their CV is shaped as well. Uh, in fact, I almost rely on my LinkedIn profile more than my CV at the moment. But I I think it's it's something you've got to be aware of, um, and that there's definitely a way to talk about it. So checking out episode yeah. thirty five would definitely help yeah. there. Um, I think that will help. I think that will definitely help a, a lot of women. And I think the other kind of tip there that you think you can do is you can send an employer a link to your LinkedIn, you know, like, you know, and I even have it as a signature on my email. So, you know, it, yes, the CV still exists, but I think you can use the two together, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And another great book, I think that that addresses this is She's Back. She has a whole section. Uh, Lisa Unwin has a whole section in the book She's Back on LinkedIn. Uh, and, you know, one of the things she says is put a professional picture and you say this too. put a professional picture up with a smile. It gets seen 25 percent more of the time. 
I know for, for, um, for you, Beth, you've got some great tips on getting a great profile picture. So why don't you share those? I mean, and that's part of our 90 day transformational program, but let's, let's leak that little secret now and talk about how you can get a professional profile. Yeah. Picture I mean, I think quite often the, the, I find the photograph is the one thing that really holds um, really holds women back. I mean, it, it may well hold men back as well, but obviously our, our community is, is 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 women. But it really seems to hold people back because they don't have that photograph. And I think you know where I see profiles where it, it, you know it's clearly a holiday picture that's been cropped and someone's wearing sunglasses and a hat. You know that's just not giving off the right impression for LinkedIn. And I think your your you know your professional photo it doesn't you know you don't have to go and spend a lot of money on a professional photographer at all. You can literally just stand you know make, obviously make yourself look professional you know put on a professional um, top or t-shirt or whatever it might be um, and you can just go and stand against a wall somewhere um, you know iPhone images um, just taken really nicely with your head you know make sure it's that head and shoulders so your face is fully visible with a smile um, and stand against either a white wall in a well-lit room or stand outside against a brick wall and and then you can edit that image afterwards on you know on on any smartphone you can just edit, edit lighten that image up make it really bright sharpen it hey presto there you go you have your linkedin photograph it doesn't have to be a you know a beautifully professionally shot one in the slightest to be fair if if you are you know if the if there are business owners watching and they're going to business networking sessions then quite often there will be freelance photographers that will do a headshot for like maybe 20 quid or 25 pounds i've been offered that before by great photographers and because they're doing maybe 10 or 15 or 20 people in one session it really works for them so there's, you know, that's another way to get a good headshot if you, if, if you really do feel you need that professional one. Um, but you can do it at home. Um, and, you know, I, I did loads of my early photographs in that way. Um, and I'd still do a photograph in that way now, to be honest. A lot of what I take is, t is taken on a smartphone. Well, we, the brand photographer for Tech Pixies at the moment is um, Jane Hyde. So uh, I'll share her Instagram page. I think you're right. I love that tip of if you're at an event, just grabbing a freelance photographer and saying, can you do a headshot yeah. for me? And, you know, and yeah. they'll you know, give you an opportunity to, to pay them for that. Or sometimes they'll do it just even for free. Um, but I think also if you are investing in your um, business and your social media presence, getting a brand photographer is a great idea too. Um, so at Tech Pixies, we, we use Jane Hyde. Um, she, we've yeah. used her last year and we'll be using her again this year. She was a Tech Pixie. She was a, a assistant uh, at a school in special needs and she still does that, but she also um, now does uh, her brand photography stuff, which is amazing. Yeah. So I think it's, it's and, and the thing is, is that there's, when you're in a community, they will be there will be someone, even if you're not in the Tech Pixies community, you might be in a totally different community. If you just post in there, is there anyone who's a photographer who could do headshots? Obviously yeah. during the lockdown, it's a bit tricky. You do kind of have to have <laughs> your your children yeah. or your spouse doing it in lockdown, but I do know photographers doing them outside though. I mean, they, you know, they, they still need to work. And so, you know, I know of a, a local photographer to us, Joy in Oxford, and she's doing all her shoots outside. So you just need the right weather. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is possible, but it, you know, it's not absolutely essential. It's just a nice, you know, the right image taken of you at home or in your garden or you're just against a brick wall somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I love the brick wall idea too, because what that does is it gives you a bit of color in the back 
And so yeah. a lot of these pictures, um, you know, especially with the profiles are small, having a bit of color in the background makes them pop. Um, that was yeah. something that I learned from Elise Dharma, um, you know, when she did her um, Instagram course. I thought that was a great tip of hers. But I think it, it's true for all the profiles having you know, a little bit of color makes a difference, but even if you can't get color, I love the brick wall idea. There's brick walls yeah. everywhere in the UK. Easy yeah. to go, <laughs> go yeah. stand in front of one. Yeah. Um, and the phones think, these days are so good that the quality is really good. Yeah. And I think once people get the photograph up, they feel more confident about themselves, um, you know, and they, and then they feel more confident to get in, you know, to start making sure the their profiles being worked on and completing it. And then, you know, and then they start to overcome, hopefully they start to, feel more confident on the platform because obviously what we know that one of the greatest pieces of feedback we get at the LinkedIn stage of the course is that it, so many people find this a platform incredibly intimidating and you know it's it's just so so important that um, we you know people are encouraged to use the platform in the way that you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be an intimidating place. It's not all suits. There is that community present on there. Um, you can build a community really nicely, just like you can with the other platforms. You just need to be using it strategically in order to be able to do that. Um, because the platform's evolved pretty massively. And certainly in the last three years since I've been using it. So I go back three years ago, I did my first campaign on, on the platform. And it was a lot more formal on LinkedIn. And now it's not, there isn't that formality as such. Um, there is a much more uh, personal feel to the platform. You, you know, you can, you know, we're being encouraged now to, or we're encouraging people to now share more behind the scenes stories, um, you know, be really clear about your personal brand, what you stand for, what your values are. Um, and, and using those kinds of techniques and strategies are what are really going to deliver growth for you on the platform. Absolutely. And let's, um, I, one last note that is a bugbear for me, and I want to know if it's a bugbear for you. And then I want to talk about some of these new features that are coming out in 2021, because those are really important. You know, there's always the shiny object syndrome. What should I jump on? What should I not jump on? Um, but let's talk about, um, you know, lives and stories on LinkedIn. Let's also talk about um, the newsletter feature and other things. You know, I know they're hot, they're rolling them out slowly. But before we get to that, I guess the one little bugbear I want to say is, you know, with your photo, everyone likes to put the best version of themselves out in this profile photo, which is great. But if it's the photo from 20 years ago and then you actually get on a Zoom call with someone and you look totally different than you did 20 years ago, that doesn't serve you. So, you know, put out a photo of you now so that when you get on the phone with someone or someone connects with you, that, that what they see on LinkedIn or what they see on their social media profiles is actually what they see when they get you on, you know, a Zoom call because it can be, and it's not to say that you don't put your best, like, you know, um, profile picture out, but what it does mean is make it current, you know, it, it, make it within the last six to 12 months. Uh, and try, you know, try not to have something from 10, 20 years ago. I see that happening a lot, especially with women, because they feel more confident 10, 20 years ago. But yeah. actually, you, you really want people to, to, to see you who you are now, because there's something that happens in the brain when someone gets onto a Zoom call and you look very different than the photo that you put out there it kind of triggers like is this person a genuine person or not and yeah. it it creates um it creates a sense of distrust that uh 
like subliminally that we people don't even realize. So I do think yeah. that's really, really important. Okay, so let's talk about the shiny new objects. Let's talk about what's coming out in 20. What's worth trying to get? I mean, Beth, you said to me, <laughs> okay, Joy, get on, get, you know, register for the lives, register for the newsletter. And like, um, I, they never gave it to me. So um, I can't use all these cool features, but tell me about the features that we can use. We can't yeah. use what's coming, what's not coming, what's working, what's not working. It is. It's incredibly frustrating because I mean, LinkedIn's innovated a lot um, with quite a few things last year, but then it's just you know only available, like you say, to to a limited number of people at the moment. But I do think it's really important to know about them because. For example, with LinkedIn Live, as we know, I think a lot of people don't know that actually you've got to apply. You've got to apply for that that live access. Um, and it, it, as we both know, we've applied for it. I've applied for it. You've applied for it. TechPix has applied for it. None mm. of us have it. Um, but it doesn't mean that um, people shouldn't that shouldn't put people off because I know lots of people that do have it. So, and I think it will come. It will come to more people. Um, and I think using LinkedIn Live would be amazing for businesses particularly at the moment because it just gives that real connection with their communities you know they can you know doing lives about their services or products again without being directly salesy so you know adding value answering their audience's questions or pain points it's such a brilliant way to share content so I would encourage people to apply for that live application if they can um I do wonder, I mean, obviously, the the application form, as we know, we had to put in whether or not for TechPixes we went live on other platforms. And I automatically assumed that we would get that permission because, you know, we're live all the time. You're live regularly and we still don't have it. So and I'm quite surprised by that. I've kind of felt that might push us up that queue. But I think you just we've got, just got to keep trying for that. Um and, and it was really annoying, Beth, just so you know, I just pulled it up. It's the broadcast with LinkedIn live feature. It says, we'll only notify you if your application yeah. gets approved. So it's one of those weird things where you just don't know if you're going to get approved. Would you say, though, that um, is it important to um, to go ahead and create video and start creating regular video content on LinkedIn? Because even if you can't have the live feature video, I mean, Everything I know, video trends way better than anything else on LinkedIn. Is that yeah. still the case? Well, it's not always. You know, I think even just text-only posts are doing really well. I think I do think video gives you a greater connection with your with your audience, and particularly video with subtitles. And I and I definitely think as a if you're a self-employed personal you know, if you're using LinkedIn from a personal basis, I think LinkedIn uh, video could work really, really well for you. Um, I, but again, I don't know whether or not that means that you're more likely to get a live application because I do know two individuals in, in our area, in Oxfordshire area, who have got LinkedIn live access. Um, and I know one of them certainly wasn't doing video before, before that. So, who knows? I don't really know how those applications are being processed. But yes, yes to video. Yes, for sure. And definitely for, for businesses. Um, um, but also don't overthink the video. I think people do overthink it. And I think even if you just go sort of do a video for, you know, a few minutes talking about a particular issue that your audience is currently facing and offering some guidance and assistance, that's great. That's a great I use of video. I agree with you. In fact, if I was getting started in video, 
You know, I mean, we've been doing video now. Well, last year in the 2020 trends breakdown, I said video is key in 2021. So I committed to going live every week on video. Our lives are about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. Um, but if I was getting started in video, I would do two minutes. That's what yeah, I would do. Yeah, yeah. I would and do two minutes once a week with a yeah. key point. Yeah, and makes it much less scary. There's a brilliant um, local business to us, Joy. I think you know um, SEO business, the Evergreen um, Aaron, Redmond Hawking. Yeah. So he he did some video, which I loved. Um, I think it was early part of last year where he talked for a minute. And his challenge was to get a really key point point across in a minute and I thought that was a really clever way to get going because you could see him speeding up as he got towards the end of his minute but he was getting his point across and you knew it was only a minute so you know when you've got to tune into something maybe for 45 minutes that's you know that you're you're asking a lot of your audience but I think short snappy helpful certainly helpful don't do a video just about selling one of your products or services to actually just do something really helpful. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, I love that. One minute tips. Well, I have a coach who said to me, you know, write down like 52 topics, you know, that like 52 questions people ask or 52 things people are dealing with. And then literally just go live every week for, you know, just a couple minutes and address like three little bullet points. And, you know, I think that that's so true. And I think one minute is brilliant. And when we run our social media supercharge and we have thousands of women sign up for that, we, we give them this challenge of doing a one minute live. And the reason for that is if it was any longer than one minute, we would never be able to watch them all because there's hundreds of them. <laughs> so, you know, I can sit down and watch a hundred one minute videos in an hour and 10 and, yeah. and 40 minutes, but I can't, I can't watch, you know, a hundred five minute videos at yeah. time. So one minute challenge is a great thing to do on LinkedIn and, yeah. and the consistency is really important. Okay. Now stories, are people doing stories on LinkedIn? Like what's that all about? Yeah. I, I opened up LinkedIn and suddenly there were stories and then I'm like, do I really want to do stories on LinkedIn too? Like what's yeah. the deal? It is. I mean, they're predicted to grow. So the, it is quite limited functionality at the moment, but it, it's just um, another way. And this is clearly what LinkedIn strategy is. So they're giving they're giving users of the platform different ways to share their content. So they're letting them, you know, they're, they're introducing lives, as we talked about, and now and, and also stories. And stories should be with the majority of users. Frustratingly, I don't have them. I've deleted the app numerous times but I don't have but I have seen them and I have been tagged in them so I, I kind of have seen how they work but it is quite limited functionality but again I think that will change um I'm not I'm, I mean obviously a lot of platforms have uh, you know developing the stories function now because if you think about how important stories are on Instagram and I'm still not sure I can see a story on LinkedIn being as important as as, as it is on Instagram. But um, I do think it's a way for businesses and um, individuals to share a bit more about their personal brand and their um, kind of behind the scenes content of a, of a business on, on LinkedIn. I, it is there for that. But because of how limited they are at the moment, um, it, you know, it's, it's difficult to make an assessment as to how important they're going to be going forward. But a couple of experts have predicted that they will be. Well, I just find it interesting that, you know, basically once one network works something out that works and the other networks adapt it. And actually in a, in a positive way, it means you can kind of jump from network to network and you kind of can keep doing, you know, yeah. you can do. So once you've learned one network, it's kind of easy to pick up another net, easier to pick yeah. up another network. There's definitely nuances between them. But one of the things I like about LinkedIn 
is if you are business to business, if you are working with business owners only, you don't necessarily need to be on Facebook and Instagram. You can build your entire following and connection on LinkedIn. Uh, and that's a, to that's, a, that's a complete possibility. The other thing that I've enjoyed about watching students of ours do LinkedIn is the surprise stories that come out of it. So we have a, we have a doula who prefers LinkedIn to the other networks because she can raise the um, raise her profile as an industry expert in the doula area. Um, we have a, a gal who does a canine massage and LinkedIn has been really good for her because guess what? A lot of business owners uh, and a lot of people in business love their dogs and, and a lot of offices, you know, allow dogs in. But now even in the pandemic, everyone's at home with their dogs. So, yeah. you know, she's able to connect with people there. And, and I actually see more of her stuff on LinkedIn than I do on other networks um, because the algorithm and et cetera. But I, I do think it's important to realize that LinkedIn could be a stealth network. I like to call it a stealth network. You know, it could be a network that would surprise you um, at the kind of, uh, you know, the, the kind of opportunities you have with it when you start using it. Okay, so we've talked about stories. We've talked about um, your headline. We've talked about your profile picture. We've talked about your featured section. Uh, we've talked a, bit, a little bit about ads. Um, and uh, and you, you were saying that the, the trend is going up in terms of people putting money behind the ads. What about premium? Like, should people be on premium? Should they be using premium? What are your thoughts around that? I think it depends how people want to use the platform, really. Um, I mean, I know, you know, there is, if you want to try out premium, you can do it for a month. Um, and I think it also opens up LinkedIn learning to you as well. I think I'd have to check that. Um, but, it, you know, you could potentially have access into LinkedIn learning. And obviously, with a lot of so many people at home learning new skills in 2020 because of the pandemic, um, I know that they saw a huge, huge growth in people using LinkedIn learning. And there's and I know that's a fantastic resource that people can tap into. Um, but, you know, I think premium, you know, it, it allows you to send those direct messages to people that you're not connected to. You know, that's the, that's the kind of the one of the key benefits of, of doing it. Um, you know, it just depends if you feel that you need to do that on the platform, really. I think where you're really looking to use it for lead generation and you have a budget, that's when you'll want to go down the premium route. But um, I know a lot of people that um, use LinkedIn successfully um, to lead generate and to grow business and, and they're not doing that. There's other ways to, you know, to use the platform. So, you know, as long as you've got a strategy around how you're using LinkedIn on a weekly basis, and it it is really obvious to me, I think, where people are just posting and they're not actually spending the time to engage, as that's really, really important on the platform. And you could probably just take your posting levels down to once or twice a week, um, but actually focus on doing 10 to 15 minutes of engagement every day and you would and that would you know that would be a really 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 great way to or great strategy um to approach your linkedin for personal use without paying um and you know don't just go on there and send out 20 or 30 connection requests every day actually use the platform to communicate with um collaborate with people get to know people engage um connect carefully with a reason um, and that, you know, that's probably a much better strategy of, um, for starting off with the platform. And then, you know, I think where, where you've got people working for large, medium sized businesses or larger or where lead generation is incredibly important. That's where I think premium comes into play. 
Yeah, I think that's great. And I love, you know, just that the tips we gave on the d direct messaging at the beginning of this podcast, you know, I would definitely go back and revisit those because um, it is about connecting with people. And right now, you know, there's a good way to connect with people and there's a bad way to connect with people. And there's so much noise because everything is shifted online. So in order to cut through the noise, you've got to genuinely connect with people in in a good way. And that means doing the research and, and looking them up. And that's also why having your profile up to date is really good too, so that people can go and do their research on you before they connect with you um, and that you're not missing anything that's important. So uh, Beth, before we wrap up, I mean, is there anything we haven't discussed that you think is important for people to know about LinkedIn in 2021? Um, I think, like I said earlier, the, the platform's giving us different ways to share content and to connect and, and to communicate. And so we've talked about lives, which I think, you know, if you can get permission for lives, then that's amazing. Um, you know, make that application and keep your fingers crossed um and there's stories but there's also events as well so events are new um and again i think they're great ways to you know if you're for example if you're trying to grow a network on the platform um within a particular local area um you know I, you know I've, I've been invited to a couple of networking events that have been hosted via an event on the platform so i think you know that's again another great way to um to connect but the other thing that i wanted to mention was obviously there's there's more job seeker tools now as well so the platform you know you can put up on your profile that you're open open to opportunities and you also have the option to add that you're hiring as well so again you know that you know it's clearly making it very obvious to anybody looking at your profile that you are open to work um, and I would encourage people to um, to use that um, to use that functionality to make it really clear that you know you are you know open to conversations um, and again that's LinkedIn showing its support because obviously we have a tremendous amount of people that are now um, are now in a situation where they where they need to find work because of the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and now is the best time to get onto LinkedIn if you haven't been on it. And for women, there's a huge advantage as well because there's, there's fewer women than there are men. Uh, and as uh, as companies are, are starting to want to make sure that they are more inclusive of women and also of diversity, if you have if you can tick those boxes, get yourself onto LinkedIn because they, that's where the recruiters are also looking as well. So. Yeah. Beth, look, I want to thank you for your time. This has been wonderful. Of course, if you want some coaching from Beth, we have, uh, she does our social media coaching in the uh, uh, social media magic program, which is a 90 day transformational program. Uh, we will be rolling out social media supercharge uh, again, the uh, beginning of February. Uh, so you'll, you can get started on social media and social media supercharge, and then you can move on to working with our amazing social media coaches and our life coaching team all that good stuff uh, if you decided to get, carry on with us in social media magic. But of course, listen to our podcast, the Sparkle and Thrive podcast. Uh, we've got this whole series on what's trending in 2021, talking to our experts in our team who live and breathe this stuff so they know what they're talking about. And I just want to thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And of course, if they want to follow you as well on Instagram, uh, they can follow you at Socially Oxford. Yeah, you helped set a trend. You, you and Sophie, you all have uh, uh, set the trend for the socialies, I think. But you claimed, <laughs> you claimed Oxford, which I love. Um, <laughs> you're very well networked within Oxford, and uh, and we're we're it's just such a blessing to have you on the team. So thank you, Beth. 
I would challenge anybody who's listening, who um, who's um, wanting to connect on LinkedIn, to connect in the way that we suggested at the front of the front of the podcast. So with with either you or me. <laughs> yes. So come yeah. and connect with us. Tell it. Tell us. Tell us how and why you want to connect, because um, that would be great. That would mean that you'd listen to listen to our our, our tips. <laughs> yeah. Always add a note, and then yeah, make sure you do your research. And I guess the one last thing that I, I would say, and you're really good at this, I'm terrible at it, but I do think it's something that I need to get better at, is asking for recommendations. Um, and and yeah. so, you know, one thing you could do is, is just spend some time reaching out to people every day who you've worked with and just saying, hey, I would love it if you'd give me a recommendation. I would be happy to give you one too. You know, that reciprocal game where you kind of, you're building them up, they're building you up. But I think um, I think that's also a great reason to connect with someone. But I do think still connect first and then yeah. make your requests. I think it's like any, it's like all the other social media platforms, you know. And I and I've I've been using this expression for years: is that you do have to you do have to give so much more than you take, if that makes sense. So, you know, you you know, if you want people to endorse you, then go and endorse them. You know, if you have had a work working relationship, um, don't just ask them for the endorsement. Go and endorse them at what they're really brilliant at. Or, you know, and and then actually you're much more likely to find that they reciprocate. Um, you know, it's it, you know, it's it, social is about being social. So if you want people to support you, then make sure that you support them. Um, and you know, the recommendations thing, I, I you know, I think people really struggle with that because they don't know, really they don't know how to reach out to somebody from five years or six years or seven years ago. But you can do that. Um, and you, you know, you could even just strike up, a, you know, if you still have someone's personal email address you could strike up the conversation that way and then move it over to LinkedIn for the recommendation or you can just do it via the platform but as long as you personalize that note to them you know reminding them how you know them hopefully they will remember you you know if you're asking them for a recommendation you probably had a working relationship with them so you know and just highlight to them that it would be really really helpful to you particularly if you're job seeking and I think you know with with um, with the current trends around how people are feeling um you know there's a lot of kindness out there um and and i think you know if people will do it they will do it for you i think recommendations are like reviews you know on facebook you've got reviews on google you've got reviews you need to be building those up i think actually one of the things you've taught me is recommendations are like those reviews and actually when someone's looking whether or not they want to work with you they can kind of they can look through your recommendations and see whether or not people you know yeah. recommending you so i do think it's important to work on those it's social proof isn't it of your of your ability and of you as an individual and it's and again i think that's a lot of that comes back to your personal brand um so it's just reinforcing your personal brand what you're all about and if somebody gives you a recommendation that's great that's like the first step but then you can take it to the next level where you can share that as some content um and you know particularly if you're wanting you know because you know you do need to promote your services on linkedin just not all the time um so you know if you're adding that into the mix of your content plan um just you know kind of just reminding people that you're worth you're worth you know you're worth booking you're worth paying for a service then um again it's just all it all adds to the kind of uh strategy if you like of making the platform work quite hard for you i love it well you work quite hard for us i really appreciate all of your hard work and uh, thank you so much for your contribution to our community uh, and to our curriculum. You're an incredible uh, human being, and we're so thankful to have you in our community. Uh, and thank you, thank you for this incredible, 
power-packed, tip-packed <laughs> 40 minutes or so uh, where we have really gone deep onto all the different features on LinkedIn. And of course, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't even know where to start, well, you need to be joining Social Media Supercharge for sure. So socialmediasupercharge.com, you can get on the wait list for our February group and we hope to see you uh, in there. You'll have a blast. You'll get to do your first one minute live and learn how that feels, get over <laughs> that fear. And then you can actually take up Beth's challenge and go do a one or two minute live per week uh, on, on any platform that you want, but particularly on LinkedIn, if that's something for you. All right. So we're going to wish you the best. Um, have a great week and thank you for listening to us and we'll see you or hear you. You'll hear us on the podcast next week. Thank Thanks, you. Beth. Thank you. Thanks for having me.